relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. Couldn't do it, can you? I could. Gotta embrace that silence, Michael. Embrace the silence. I've never been good with the silence. It's that. Well, that's when the voices happen, right? Yeah, the weird voices. They're like more cow mag. That's that's. Is a that grower. a grower joke? That's a hardcore growers joke. <laughs> God. <laughs> so, oh. like, if you go on any of the forums, people will post pictures of. You know, their plants and like any newbie at cannabis, if they see any deficiency or anything bad in plants, they'll be like, oh, it looks like you need more cow mag. And it's like, no, it's usually not that as long as you're using cow mag. It's just like. <sighs> so now people do it as like jokes. Like if somebody hasn't watered their plant and it's died of thirst, you'll see like eight dudes from the Internet just being like, it looks like cow mag, bro. <laughs> Man, some things about cannabis you just don't want to know. You know what I mean? It's really nerdy. I was like, oh, I'm so so interested in this whole thing. And then you get me with something like, man, I don't. I don't care. I don't care about that. I was, but. I was listening to one of the episodes back and we talked about hermaphroditic weed. And then you were like, okay, yeah, that's just what it is. But I was like, man, I could do like an hour podcast just on the different ways that it presents as a hermaphrodite. Well, that's good. That's like a Patreon podcast. We'll do it. That's something, I think that's something somebody should pay for. Yeah. Because that's like actual, that's like legit information. It's not just us teaching the masses through my dumbness, basic (laughs) cannabis knowledge, and we're we're, t- we're also teaching people, we're showing people who these people are that make up this thing. I think that's such an important part that's missing when the media or Dateline or any of these people come talk about cannabis. They miss the whole point of it. It's like, these are human beings doing this. Yeah. And they're cool, interesting human beings. So, and they're doing it in interesting places. So... Well, that's why I, think that's I like missing. the full spectrum. I like the full spectrum of it. I like that we're showing all the different types of people, you know, from Anna to Jim to Adam to Alex, and now we're showing quite possibly the most stereotypical person you would imagine when you think about the cannabis industry. That's who we're talking. I mean, to I today. did call him straight up like what you think of when you think of Eugene. I. D- <laughs> And you know what? Like, here's the thing that he would be—he was missing to be like the most stereotypical stoner. Mm. Was like he wasn't wearing clothing that also had weed on it. <laughs> That's that was like that thing that probably kept me away from weed longer than anything else. It's just like oh, I don't know, man. I don't uh. want to be one of those dudes. It's like. <laughs> I got a pot leaf on my hat. And you're like, okay, man, that's cool. I'm also stoned and I wear a suit. 
I remember just drawing pot leaves on everything as like a young teenager. And then I don't think I've drawn a pot leaf since I've turned like 17. I've just been like, all right, Because cool. you've been growing it since then. <laughs> you've been growing it since I haven't, since I started growing it, I don't grow, I don't draw pot leaves either. So it's a little redundant. Let's, uh, Isaiah. It's my buddy. That's our dude. Yeah, it is. So he w- he sells your product. Yes, he sells wonderful King's Cannabis to all the many dispensaries here. And he does look like you would think a Eugene person. That's probably the smartest thing y'all did was like, let's hire someone that looks like they already work in, our sto- in the stores. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, when we had our first investors, the first people that kind of got me through the door... The sales rep at that time looked like a retired cop in his 60s, and it did not go well. People would always be like, yo, why do you have a cop selling weed for you? And I was like, yeah, it did not work. (laughs) But yeah, Isaiah's like a great salesman, mainly too, because like the cannabis market here, the type of flower that we sell and the type of flower that... I don't want to say we're competing with, but our contemporaries is really expensive flour to buy at dispensaries. And he goes in and just buys, you know, ounces of like everybody's weed that kind of looks cool. And he's excited about the new flavors, the new strains, the new cuts that are hitting the market from just any grower. So like it's it's kind of cool when, you know, somebody can go in there and just talk about cannabis in a non kind of like salesman type of way like he's an actual consumer who loves good high-end cannabis yes he does you guys can notice that he does uh throughout this interview because he and michael are smoking it and uh <laughs> and the and the interview gets derailed several times uh if you guys have ever wanted to know what smoking weed with mike is like just turn this episode up <laughs> I I get my philosophy credits on full exposure in this episode. <laughs> Guys, there's a and see if you can find it, but there's like a good two or three seconds where I'm genuinely confused as to what's happening and why Mike just said, "Oh," and then it hits me, "Oh, he's been smoking that baseball bat joint with." Uh, I was like, "Did you put one of his? Did you guys smoke one of his dreads? You guys shouldn't have done that." I mean, we'll post video and pictures of this fucking thing, but it literally looks like a small baseball bat of cannabis. And it's the strawberry shortcake cookies, which is a crazy stony weed already. And, like, this dude just is always puffing hard. Like, Like, he's smoking those baseball bats all throughout the day. But he's a gallery owner. Yeah. So he's also smoking dabs all day, too. So that is like his come down, I think. Yeah. Well, once the baseball bats aren't enough, he's like, I'll just do some dabs out of my very expensive and very artistically done dab rigs. It's, well, I mean, we're going to post some. It's it's just like a whole other world where you, you just peek your head into that glass world and you're like well how much is that one they're like that's eighty five thousand dollars and you're like what's it what's it doing it gets you really high and it's also a dragon (laughs) 
and then it, it's also got a camera in it so where you sit it you can check your you can you can see what it sees from your phone and you're like it's oh, it's pretty cool that's pretty cool i mean not to go off so, on a tangent but i did have a friend who three or four years ago had a dab rig that was outfit with a tesla battery so he just had to i don't, <laughs> I don't even know what i had to clear my throat i'm sorry i don't so the tes- why <laughs> The Tesla battery would actually heat up the um, the actual dab coil so that it would you could actually put it onto the exact temperature that you wanted that dab to be, and the battery would actually set it to that so that you wouldn't have to take hot uh, dabs, you wouldn't have to heat it up and then let it cool down, but. Yeah, that dude was a very interesting person. He owned a glass company also, so. Among other things, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, so, I love talking to you because every time I feel like, ah, oh, man, I love weed a little too much. Uh, you come in with like, yeah, this guy has a Tesla thing hooked up <laughs> to, a, to a dab rig. And you're like, okay, I'm doing all right. I'm fine. I'm fine. I just have a podcast where I'm just trying to educate people. I'm not I'm not trying to dab from space. Well, I mean, and that's the cool thing about Isaiah is he is such a product of Eugene. You know, Eugene is just built on the cannabis industry to the extent that he's like he has multiple businesses and avenues in cannabis, you know, being a salesman, having a glass gallery that's high end and, you know, along yeah. those lines. No, everything about him, it's, it's, that's also why I love cannabis, the cannabis community, and is that every, no one is really what they appear either, because this dude just, like, on, like, first impression, you're like, okay, let's go, let's, he's fine, (laughs) and then you start listening to him, and you're like, yeah, if you just like went on stereotype, you're like, I know who this dude is. And you start talking to him, I don't really know who this dude is. This dude is fascinating. Uh, and then you talk some more, and you're like, no shit, that took another left. Huh, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you find out that he's an amazing basketball athlete also, went to college. Yes! <laughs> That's what I was not, I didn't want to ruin it, but it was like, it's not really ruin it, I guess. But to me, it's like when he said that, I was like, what did that we would have been friends for sure (laughs) and he is he's just genuinely just such a nice guy but he is the product of eugene wrapped up in a human being like he's like a super nice (laughs) dude will sit down and smoke you out and just hang like to him cannabis almost doesn't have a monetary value because that fucking huge baseball bat of fucking weed that he rolled up he does that for everybody just to sit down and break bread with them basically you know no i get it and i love it and i loved him it was like immediately like this dude's awesome i'm glad they and then he was just he's on a different pace than everybody else and i don't think i've traveled enough so I understand how that happens and how other and some people's frequencies are different and so I can learn to adjust quicker than most. But yeah, if you're not used to like someone that's like they're really going at their own they hear the world and 
this their own tune. This is what's happening. And I think he also well, and also he gets Mike real close to that tune too for a while. And I am thousand miles away and through the <laughs> fucking phone just sitting here being like, I can't I can't hear what you guys are hearing. I wish I can't what channel is it? Ah <laughs> And I mean, ultimately, that is the slow-paced reality of Eugene that kind of drew me to it here. So, like, just imagine growing up in Philadelphia in a fast-paced city type of reality. And then you come out here and he's just like, hey, man, how's it going? I love you. I I get behind him every time I'm in traffic in Eugene, I feel like. But it always slows me down. I'm like, yeah, I don't know why I'm in a hurry. I'm in Eugene. I just need to just fucking chill. There's exactly. nothing. You ain't got no place to I be. do that. That's, you know what? Quarantine's been all right for certain things, and this podcast has been great, because I just realized, like, I do that in a lot of, like, smaller places I visit, where I'll do all my stuff real fast. And then I go back to my hotel and just sit, where I'm like, okay, I did it. And you're like, well... Just do it at their pace, and it take the whole day. Mm-hmm. But then you get to mm-hmm. experience the ecosystem that you're getting yourself into. It might make me angry, though. <laughs> it might make the show, make the show where I'm like, he just yelled at us for like an hour about about just move. He just wanted us to move, and like, no, I'm just kidding. I love all your stupid towns. <laughs> I do, I do love Eugene, and then I also love where we are at this week, which is we're we're going to Humboldt this week. Oh, I guess when oh. this is released, we will be there. We'll be posting pictures and showing off all the no. things we're doing. No, we won't. Well, I'll be doing it. I don't care what you say. I'll be doing it on no, Carmichael a lot, which is K A R M I. Don't do it. Don't do it at the beginning. People are going to turn it off. That's always where they turn it off in the end. <laughs> oh, like, oh, he's probably. Nah, yeah, he's right. doing it. It's like. So. But we'll be in Humboldt. I'm super excited about that. I know. I'm very excited too. So, and. Also, if you hear this on Friday and you know people in Humboldt, email us. We'll be there all weekend, so we can try to get a hold of them. So, Michael, introduce our guest. Guys, give it up for one of the best salesmen in the cannabis industry, Isaiah Alder. I mean, you can. This is all. Slee has the power to cancel us when, when he wants. <laughs> Smart man. Oh Jesus! This this fucking shit tastes delicious. It's so fire. I I really don't smoke that much out of like joints and blunts and stuff like that, especially with the way that the, 
Isaiah does it around here. Literally, every time I see this dude, he literally has just like a blunt hanging out of his mouth. It's not just... a blunt. It's a joint. It's the size of a blunt. It's the size of a blunt, though. It's like... No tobacco. What kind of papers do you use? Uh, they're called Irie. They're actually the first paper I learned to roll on way back in the day. But they, they're hemp, so I can, you know, compost it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure. That's how that so, works out. Do you smoke when you wake up? Like, that's the first you go take a shit and you start smoking when you take a shit? No, I definitely eat first and probably get going a little bit. I don't just blaze right away. I used to, I guess, for a little bit in high school. You gotta keep it a little bit responsible. I mean, I'm not even just responsible. It's just like, you don't want to just, like, wake up cloudy from being high last night and then just, like, get cloudy right away. <laughs> you know, take care of some shit, you know, eat some breakfast, and then maybe smoke a joint on the way to work, and then that kind of refreshes... <laughs> The, the brain, you know. You smoke a joint on the way to work. I did, yeah. This whole past time, when we worked at Kings, and I lived in Vida, and I was forty-five minute drive. Oh, the nice. past two years, yeah. I just today's my first day back in Eugene. Back in the huge. Are you originally from Eugene? Yep, born and raised. Damn. It's- born and raised in Eugene. Yes, sir. You, uh, I mean, I don't mean this in any offense, so don't take any, but. Yeah. I believe you when I look at you. If you're like, I was born and raised in Eugene. You're like, yeah, you were. Hell yeah, yeah, no. That's. I mean, I mean that as a compliment. That's, too. The, that's the look I go for. So it's working. What, what yeah, was it like a, growing up in Eugene? It's awesome. That's probably where I'll grow my kids up. Really? Probably. I mean, when I go to other places, it's not as friendly and chill of a vibe, in my opinion. Really? Yeah. I mean, maybe I haven't been to all the right places yet, but you know. This place definitely I've been like- to a bunch of places, and I can say that it's a special little place. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you can tell just being here, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's got its fair share of dingbats, which every cool place does. But it's mostly fucking cool. Has it been cool the entire time that you grew, grew up here? Yeah, or? yeah, no, I mean, there's different pockets, obviously, different sides, and I've pretty much lived on every different side, so I've experienced almost every different angle of it. But overall, just like I said, compared to other places I've been, it's just far and far and far behind. I mean, I even lived in Portland for a couple of years, and Portland's cool. You know, it's got its own weird thing going, but it's so much, like, just bigger and different, and not like a family pocket vibe. You did, oh hell no! Yeah, where did you? What did you do when you were in Portland? I went to Mount Hood Community College. To the only reason I went there was to go play basketball. I played there for two years. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah! I played junior college baseball, so I fire. Oh yeah, I get it. You it's know. fun. It's, it's a dedica- lot of fun. It's a dedication. It's a lot of. <laughs> it is yes. It's a lot more work than you could ever imagine. Well, it's because all the other doing. guys are getting paid usually, or at least have a scholarship or something. So if you're doing JUCO, you're probably just like doing. It. Everything. Yeah, they give you like $150. And like, That's most of your tuition. Like, That's true. That is true. Literally. Junior college living up. Yeah, they, they tried to get me to play football at the community college I went what? to. And I was like, you guys got to be out of your fucking mind right now. There's no way. That's I'm not playing. how you should recruit uh, any college athlete. Is, hey, you're pretty big. You want to come to practice today? That's how we did it in high school, for sure. (laughs) Yes, that's what I'm saying. In high school, you have to do that. You just found big guys. But college, you should not be able to. (laughs) I mean, I know, though. There are all those guys who walk around the CC who are like, yeah, this guy needs to be on the team or something. Like, (laughs) this dude's huge. That's true. Yeah, that is true. I'm eight. We had a couple (laughs) dudes that were like in their late 20s. 
that were like they were just holding on to a dream. And we we're like, all right, but they couldn't keep up. I'm gonna make anyway. this happen. Oh yeah, no. Well, this is the okay. This kind of leads it. That's Can't where imagine. I learned to smoke weed. Was from the, my fellow college athletes. Okay, okay. Like, I was like a pretty straight laced dude. And then it was the college was like kids that was it like someone on the baseball team who had it or what was the what was the thing? Oh yeah, it, yeah. The first time I smoked, it was I don't think I'm out. My buddy Tim, uh, he had it in one of those little. Uh, I remember the pipes, those little metal pipes. You know what I'm talking about. See, he doesn't know because yeah, he grew up here in Eugene. Can. I did a can. No, it was like a metal <laughs> pipe. It sucked. Okay, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. The ones just suck. It's just terrible. Yeah, they're <laughs> awful. And they they're get like, hot. hot. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> like everything about it, but I got stoned. And I remember uh, we were watching Married with Children, and he was laughing really hard, and I kept giggling, and I was like, oh, weed's fun because I know I don't like this show very much. <laughs> oh. That'll be better than this. And then there were these two dudes from Puerto Rico the next year that one dude named Eliazar grew pot in his windowsill. And I was like, I just like this dude. I didn't even smoke it then. I was just like, I like his style. Um, we got an interview got him. they got some shit. Yeah, I don't know if he <laughs> might not be alive. <laughs> he, was, he was awesome. Uh, he ended his junior college baseball career by telling our coach to go he said fuck you and then we walked to the bus we we're on an away game i was like man that's a tough way to quit you gotta ride back on the bus um long bus ride he got that's like- <laughs> he got shit sent from puerto rico to the baseball team and it looked like that it was the first time it was like neon green and that made me crazy high and i didn't smoke it for at the end of another year <laughs> I got too high. I don't know how to handle this. Yeah, it was. I mean, I felt awesome, but it was also like this is. I don't know what that was, and we can't do that again. <laughs> that was your first time ever. I mean, first time like the yeah, because the first time was with the dude we watched where I wasn't like stone stoned. It was just more like, like I feel nice. Yeah, you yeah. tried it a little bit. Okay, I hear you. Yeah, and then that time I was like. Nah, and then a year later, I was done with baseball and smoked it in an alley. And I got real stoned and was like, well, this is, I'm never not doing this. <laughs> this is the greatest feeling ever. Yeah. So Probably when was, was the first fast. time you smoked? Uh, it was similar to someone's story I listened to in your guys' podcast where I just smoked out of a can in freshman year of high school with some friends that have been trying to get me to smoke all year. And I've been saying I'm not going to smoke for many years because even you know where i grew up a country fair and people have been trying to get me to smoke since i was 13 at least you know maybe 12 really? even and i was just like the only kid it was like no i'm not doing it. i'm never doing it. my mom does that all the time i'm never gonna <laughs> smoke weed but then when i was so 14, what a weird fun rebellion that eugene has we're like i'm not smoking weed because i'm not gonna be like my mom and dad you're yeah. like okay that is the weirdest shit i've ever heard okay. right but then similar to to someone when i when i actually felt it and got high for that first time i was like this is this is actually something i really like i knew it right away i think there's the no next day is like it. the deciding factor right that for me when you feel fine the next day I honestly didn't even realize that until I saw a meme that was like, wake up from alcohol, this. Wake up from weed, like this. And the girl's all comfy in bed. I was like, oh, yeah, weed is better than alcohol. It's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, I never liked the way I woke up the next day after alcohol. It was just like, ah, I fucking hate everything, and everything hurts. Still do it. Yeah. He's still, he's still bad. You're artisanal even with your beer that you drink. What's the beer company that you get? Well, I probably would shout out Claim 52 first. Claim 52, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. That's yeah, my yeah. brewery. And then Great Notion, of course. Yeah, yeah. But the, like even up in Portland, he goes to all these different breweries and stuff like that. And like it's all artisanal types of beers and stuff like that. With dope fucking logos, too. And cans and shit like that. Every can is a different logo. Pretty cool. cool. That is dope. So, growing up in Eugene, you, you're fighting your parents. You're like, I'm not going to get high. I'm not going to be like you guys. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go get my CPA. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be an accountant. <laughs> I mean, fuck. But, I wasn't like that. I was still just planning on being in the NBA. <laughs> but That's, like, hoop dreams. Yeah, but did you, okay, that was the thing for me was like, I didn't, a lot of why I didn't was because it was just like I just want to play base. I want to play sports as long as I can. That's why I didn't do a lot of like. Right, you had it in your head. And, probably when you smoked that first time, even you're like, oh. Uh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I was still playing ball, so yeah. I didn't really fuck with it again. Because I was like, ah, it's like it was kind of fun, but it was like, eh. but I'm, I got something to do. I'm doing here something. No, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but looking back on it, I wish I would have been more educated and I would have used it differently and probably played baseball longer. Oh yeah, no, playing baseball high probably would have had a better advantage. I would have. I. I mean, I probably wouldn't. I might have been a comedian eventually, but I would have played baseball a lot longer if I would have been. If I would have understood cannabis for sure, I've thought about that a lot. It's an interesting sport to think about it like that. I mean, it's definitely one of the slower sports That's where what I'm saying. you just like enjoy it. You like could with definitely the... use your mind more than your athleticism yeah. at some points. During during the uh, softball games, that's why I enjoy just being in the outfield a little too stoned or something like that. Maybe that's why I miss pop balls. You shouldn't a lot. do that. You can get hurt, <laughs> you guys. I'm not condoning. I just meant like between games and that kind of stuff, like. Like drinking, you would drinking. It's that tension relief. Do you know what I mean? That tension release. That that was the socially acceptable one, and even that was competitive. The way I would drink then, we 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 were all just like, let's get nine cases of beer and race. <laughs> <laughs> and like if you would have just smoked like three joints or something, like between six dudes, you're like. What'd you do? Uh, we watched The Natural six times. It's pretty good. <laughs> I love that movie. So then you're here. You're here in Eugene. You finally give in to the devil's lettuce and you smoke it. Uh, yeah. How but, quickly do you get into it then? Uh, still only on the weekends for at least like the rest of freshman year and probably all sophomore year. Really? So, like honestly, freshman year didn't even smoke it every weekend. Just did it a couple times probably, and then on the sophomore years like every weekend but so you're seeing like your mom smoke it and you're like i don't do that and the country fair reality and stuff like what it's like when everyone does something you can almost feel cool if you're the only one not doing it i always feel you know what i mean hell yeah yeah so i did that with sex for a long time (laughs) (laughs) yeah no there's there's a guy in my college i don't even know if he's still smoke or drink yet but like 
I still feel like that's the, still the only reason he didn't ever smoke or drink is because he just wanted to be the guy who never did. <laughs> it's like, dude, just give it a shot. We're all having a great time right here, man. Just try it once and see what the fuck happens, at least. Literally. I know a dude like that. He's very funny. Uh, he, uh, he didn't drink on principle for a long time just because everyone else did. And then he was like, then I got old enough where I was just like, didn't care anymore. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just not going to ever. I was like, crazy, man. Your brain is so different than mine. I would have been like, I'm going to do it like for like a year just to see. Just to see what's up. Huh. Interesting. I always had a fantasy of living my life one way for the first half and then totally switching it up for the second half just to try and live as many alternate realities as possible. I gotta figure out what Mike's the next pr- one is. Let's just keep in mind, everyone. Mike is pretty stoned this episode. He is pretty stoned this episode. I mean, this is pretty true. And it I also was a philosophy cause... major, so there's also it's that. It's fine, but we're not doing a philosophy podcast. Is... <laughs> How many episodes Wait, have you been stoned for? You just came in. We're just talking about some pot stuff. And you just came in like. Hey, I've always dreamed of living my life one half different than the other. And you're just like, that's great, Mike. It's a testament. It is a testament. We're going to have to show that cookie that you guys are smoking out of. It's a good one. It's a fun one. It's so funny. It's just too... Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, my buddy got to shout him out. Rob Morrison made this. Rob Morrison? It's got the burnt cookie at the bottom. Yeah, smart. So you're completely into the glassine and stuff like that here in town. Like literally kind of within the last couple of weeks. Last couple of weeks you I mean, just hopped into it? Hopped into it big what? time. Big time hopped into it. I was in it like kind of small time a little bit before I guess you could say. Listen listen to what he's doing with the glass. All right. So it's kind of like long story short, I got my first heady. No, 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 no. Uh, long story long. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. We're doing podcasts. Okay, We're okay. We're doing podcasts. Well, this is the long story longish. <laughs> so, uh, my first heady, I got a country fair two years ago, and I actually got it right before country fair. I had signed it on Instagram, and I was really interested in it. And I hit the guy up, and it was a bunch of money, like thirty five hundred bucks or something. And I was like, dude, that's fucking way too much money for a dab rig. I had bought a five hundred dollar dab rig from the glass shop in Eugene, and it was like you know five hundred bucks. I thought that was a pretty good amount, you know. Thirty five hundred was a lot, but it was really sick. It was a shark. With a little skeleton climbing on the shark, dropping acid in his mouth. It's the fucking sickest. I mean, piece. that's amazing, but that's not like a, you know, that's not like a used Honda Accord. Do you know what I mean? It's actually better. Is it so much cooler? Oh, so much cooler. So then that's. Do you think you could get more money out of the glass than you could the Honda Accord? Oh yeah, are you kidding me, bro? We're fucking. I don't we're making know. Sales That's right now, Regin. You can you can keep. You don't even have to question. I am dumb. <laughs> Everything I say when you're like, "Oh, are you serious?" I mean, no. I'm trying to show you the rig so you can get a good view of like what it is. Can you see this at all here? So this is the shark, and there's a guy dropping acid on it, and there's a dab. There's a nail yep. on it. We'll we'll post everything some of he's the saying pictures. is true. Yeah, well, yeah. Just send that to Mike, and we'll put it on the thing. <laughs> but. If you guys are just listening at home, everything, every insane thing he said is true. I just saw it. (laughs) 
Where and it's also very accurate. It's not a crazy. That's I think that's what I mean. Is like when you see, you're like actually that is the that's the perfect way to describe what that is. What the guy dropping acid on the shark? Yep. Oh yeah. That's that's, I mean that's what you smoke a dab out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Doing it all together. So then you get your. Did you end up buying that expensive piece? Yep. Yep. It was actually right before. It was a couple days before seven ten. Which is coming up right now, so it was like about now, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and I was like seven ten deal, you know, give me seven ten holiday special. You know, seven ten is the oil holiday, so he he gave me five hundred off three thousand, and he said I could pay half now and half after fair, and they were gonna display it at fair. Wow. And I was like, man, someone's definitely gonna buy it at fair. Like I just gotta lock it down, so I locked it down, and then he put my name on the piece at country fair, like sold to my Instagram, and that actually got me one of my best friends now today because he saw that and then hit me up and was like bro we gotta smoke out of this like piece you got i really i really like it you know so that's my he boy and we own yeah he was a stranger at the time and now we own the glass gallery together yeah so then you started the glass gallery yeah so i mean zoom for a long time yeah we just started the gallery um pretty much me and three other friends we have like a bunch of headies like our collection was getting too big that pretty much had to get a gallery because we were just like collecting so many pieces and it was just never going to stop. It was just going to like, what are they going to do? Sit in these pelicans all day? <laughs> they carry them around in hardcore pelican uh, cases so that they don't get damaged or fucked up or anything. Uh, yeah. No, what? I un- that's great. So you- how many pieces do you did you have before you opened a gallery? Uh, Myself, probably like... I mean, glass pieces, you know, 10, but like super headies for the gallery that I would really want to display, like five. What is super heady? Just like a super heady, you know, something that was like, really, we're going to put in the gallery and there's only going to be X amount of pieces in the gallery. It's not like we're going to be a head shop with China glass everywhere, you know, it's going to be special, really dope pieces like the shark I just showed you. And then, so they're usually a lot more expensive, or yeah, they... yeah, the super headies are definitely more expensive. What, what's like the it's price like range? couture, where it's like one of a kind. Correct? Yeah, definitely all one of a kind. You know, a lot of these guys are local artists. You know, but uh, yeah, it's all one of a kind art, definitely. So you got into owning an uh, an art gallery, more or less, uh, just by owning a bunch of art. Basically, yes. And we literally just got started, and we're literally just like on the upright every day. There's like new stuff happening, and it's, it's super awesome. I just went to Denver last week for one day to swoop up the super heady of my dreams. This guy right here, you can kind of see it's a jaguar head, and there's a face coming out of the jaguar head. He's he's wearing the jaguar as a, a pelt, like yes. he, yeah. It's got the headdress and everything. So super high end yeah. glass. Yeah. How do you determine how much that's worth? Um, it's usually based on the artist, you know, how much the artist usually sells the stuff for. You know, it's usually each artist has a, a, a going rate kind of type thing, you know. You got to work and your then way. They, Sorry. And is this world is mostly on Instagram, correct? Yeah, it's, yeah, Instagram is like the shopping for this. For You know, a lot of these places, some galleries have their own website too where you can make the instant purchase without having to DM someone. But a lot of people are just, you know, straight DM them for the piece and they'll make it happen. Cool. It's I mean, weird. it That's is cool. It is kind of <laughs> crazy weird. cool because, like, uh, cannabis, the entire culture has really been able to spread its wings on Instagram, especially with legalization. You know, on your Instagram page, you can say bonk. And you don't have to worry about it and stuff. So. I've gotten good at Instagram, but I don't have the time to be this good. I need to pay someone to do all my Instagram. 
I hear you. No, I that is yes. That's a they're uptown. That's uptown problems. What that that is. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Where you're like, hey, I'm getting so good at this. I need someone else to fucking do this shit. Yeah. Um, so this is fast. Were you always like a glass guy? I mean, not really. I mean, you could say I always liked some like glass windows at school. <laughs> were pretty cool, but like you know, nothing. Nothing That's like not this. What I, meant. <laughs> I mean, my no, dad I mean, never had a... glass. Like my mom had a bong maybe once. But no, like smoking. Did you always prefer to smoke out of glass? Oh, uh, yeah. In high school, I, it's I was also always good about the bong. that you like some glass that at, the, at your school too. That's good to know. <laughs> you know, windows are sweet. <laughs> <laughs> no, when, yeah, I was a bong guy out in high school, and then I will admit, for five years, from pretty much the end of high school, right when I graduated, up until like two, three years ago, I smoked. Every day, all day, out of a bong, tobacco and weed. It was harsh. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was. I don't think I've ever met anyone who's ever told me they've smoked tobacco out of a bong before <laughs> on the regular. Oh, it's dude. It's they're good people. It, I don't. Yeah, no, I'm not judging. <laughs> I'm just fascinated that that's. You know, like I'm like almost forty, so I figure like you've met a lot of types of people doing what I do and every now and then you're like hey I used to smoke tobacco out of a bong you're like go on that is fucking amazing yeah no I mean it was pretty intense I don't know if you realize what what it does to you but it kind of just gives you this rush of like instant we call it domed you just pretty much are domed right there you pretty much can't even think you just go like cross-eyed almost maybe even drool for a second and I mean, I, I, when I first came out here, people were talking about, uh, oh, you want to take a dirty bong rip? Dirty, dirty bowl, yep. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> about? But it really this is... is the per- this is the fir- perfect first place to do season one. Where <laughs> just... But there is... There, like, you finally kind of understand that, oh, shit, tobacco can be hallucinogenic. It's insane. Like, especially... I have a friend who grew his own tobacco, Drew Andrew Ruff, Puffin did, and he grew his own tobacco, and he's like, this shit's fucking hallucinogenic when you just take fucking bong rips of it. Farmers are pretty cool, you guys. I don't know if you know this. Because I, like, I was like, yeah, I knew, I knew all this because people in my extended family have tobacco farms. Mm-hmm. And there was an explicit, I just remember being like, when I went to certain to go four-wheeling and stuff my mom would be like do not touch that or do this <laughs> and i was like i wouldn't even thought to do that but now it's in my mind and now i'm gonna want to do that all day but then i watched my cousin eat a leaf and he threw up and i was like no nope, fuck it nope so then what was it like growing up here in eugene with country fair with all that stuff like we want the people outside of the shiny little bubble to know what it was like so can awesome. I? This will give them a better idea. Like, as a question, like, like what? What did your parents? What was it their your parents' occupation? What was my parents' what? Occupation. occupation. What did What did oh, they do God. for a living? Here we go. <laughs> I used to lie about this in in school. I used to be like, my mom works for the CIA. She's the desk lady. <laughs> <laughs> Just couldn't think of anything on spot, you know. Uh, but yeah, so my mom was a colon hydrotherapist. A what? 
colon hydrotherapist. A- oh, like a c- colonoscopy and stuff uh, like that? Not, colonos- not colonoscopy, a colonic. Uh, it's pretty much uh, you, you use a, a tube in, up the uh, butthole and uh, lube. Oh, and yeah. Water. No, I know Lots of water. Celebrities. Yeah. Celebrities do a bunch of that stuff, right? They love it. Right. Uh-huh. Yep. There's yeah, a lot I've of people here love it. Yeah, my, my mom's like the number one in the world. She's people come from all over. People, famous people, pretty dope. But uh, it's pretty awkward. Do you get it done sometimes? Um, I don't. One, a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Would you recommend it? It's hard because like I really like want to because my mom wants like you know, like everyone should <laughs> I, and like seem, people like yeah. want to. I, I don't personally enjoy it to be honest. That's. No, like you said, like like she's number one in the world. That doesn't mean it's for everybody. Yeah, no, yeah, for that's sure. fine. But that's fascinating. So, so it seems like I mean, it seems like you have that in you to be go do the best, be the best at something. Like even when you collect glass, you're like, I'm gonna do a bunch of it. Yeah, no, for sure. My mom pretty much just like started something that no one else was doing, and she just killed it for sure. Yeah, I definitely respect that. Probably gave me some good. Do you you ever ask her, like, hey, how'd you talk the first person into letting you do that? (laughs) Well, no, because I think it was my my, uh, blood dad and her. My blood dad I've never met. I think her and him had some, like, I think he had a lot of inspiration actually for her to do that when they moved to Eugene together. And then she did it wrong, and he's like, "I gotta get out of here, man." <laughs> no, no, no. She she did it right, and he was crazy. <laughs> That's hey, I've been there. It is. It's pretty big here in this town. I actually had a girlfriend at, at a time who claimed she was getting addicted to it. Like she was going like a couple of times a month to get it done, and she'd get like coffee ones and just like tons of crazy stuff. Who's she doing? <laughs> I said, who'd she do it with? Because there are a bunch of people in town who do it. So really? you grew up with that's what your mom did for a living your whole life? Uh yeah, that's what she's been doing pretty much since I was a little kid, you know. Um and then my dad worked for Whitebird, you know Whitebird? I don't think so. Uh, how would you explain about White Bird? So White Bird, um, they're who kind of run Cahoots too. Yeah, correct? so he works at Cahoots. I can explain Cahoots better. White Bird yeah. is more of just a counseling slash like helping the people. So so White Bird is basically kind of like a public, uh, you know, um, reference thing. Like people can go there and they give out, you know, uh, counseling, counseling, different things. It's a public service group basically and then they got this group called cahoots which is this van and they drive around and do all the police's dirty work pretty much like if there's any like crazy hobo who's pissed on his onesie and he's being wild bejoozers like cahoots has got to go get him right including like no i've been i've seen those guys in eugene i know mm-hmm. what you're talking about yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's a wonderful thing yeah yeah no awesome thing he did it for 17 years he worked there he was pretty much like the main dude cahoots for about for like 10 years straight Including like the dead bodies, they have to. They were the ones who had to go into houses, you know. And he just did a lot of dirty yeah. work, basically. And then he leveled up and became a police officer. Within the when I was uh, fifteen or sixteen, so he pretty much is now 
you know, just a better pay there for sure. But he's still helping the people doing similar things. Really, you know, it's great dude. But it was kind of a different change at that point. Was it weird, like, just learning how to smoke pot, and then all of a sudden your dad's like, yo, I'm a cop. And you're like, just chill, man. I just do it on the weekends. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. It was definitely, it had its it had its bumps for sure when he just started, because I'm sure when you just become a cop, and you got all these other new cop friends, and like all this stuff starts becoming, like, it got weird for a second, I feel like. But after college, when I came back, it's gotten, it's been really chill. Yeah, I mean... The cops in Eugene, you guys are pretty cool. I know that. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that some people are like, no, they're not. And you're like, I mean, I'm sure in Eugene, every now and then there's there's like dickheads, but like that's it's just a nice community. So and like like you said, you guys have organizations and of vans that just go do the bad stuff that police don't want to do, so they can do the other stuff. Yeah. That's like Cahoots is pretty legit. They they take care of most mental health problems. Anybody having like psychiatric issues or anything like that, they usually have people go and take care of it, like a social worker along with like an EMT type of person. Like where taxes should go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like so, like if we legalized uh, cannabis across the board federally, then we could tax it, and then maybe just pay for that that'd be cool among other stuff you know just <laughs> i don't know i don't I'm, I'm not getting political i'm just throwing out ideas that would totally work is what i'm doing it's not a it's not it's not a one-sided issue it's just like a human issue i think uh, i like Church to throw power. politics in there just... <laughs> politics are everywhere i mean <laughs> well it's not even that's not even that shouldn't even be a partisan issue that should just be like yeah fucking money and it's good for the environment and it's there's no bad side if you other than not uh anyway <laughs> so when did you get into the cannabis industry like the official rec industry nope <laughs> nope nope that is not what i said all right all right um so i guess like officially selling weed is that what you mean no, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Yeah, that is exactly what I mean. Okay, I okay. You said you've listened to this podcast before. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. But I, mean, I just make sure we're on the same page. So I guess when I first got into the, when did I first? Oh, my first ounce I got. First ounce I got fronted. Yeah, probably like right. It was like during senior year or something. Yeah. Oh wow, man! I wish we would have went to the same junior college. <laughs> Yeah, in junior college, I had some weed. I was like the weed guy, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you were the guy on the basketball team that also sold weed. Yep. Cool. But like, I don't we know, had just to the, the We had a dude like that on the baseball team. Yeah. His name was Corey. He exactly. Was cool. I well, had a friend named Corey who sold weed on the baseball team. <laughs> Did well, tip his pitches? <laughs> I don't know. Even, <laughs> I think the most interesting thing about people who did become accustomed to selling weed is just that it was like oh i gotta connect my friends like smoking weed i'm gonna make that happen i'm gonna spread the love spread all the good stuff yeah no pretty much 
It wasn't even about the money at all at first. I just like having weed. You know, front me an ounce of weed. Fuck yeah, I'll take an ounce of weed. Uh, sounds like I'm gonna be able to pay this guy back 15 grams worth and keep 13 grams because it's 150 bucks for an ounce. So you keep 13 grams for free. That's all I was thinking about. <laughs> you were just thinking smoke for free. Oh right? yeah. Oh totally. Yeah, I wasn't literally no money wasn't even on my mind about it. But because I knew I had friends who would buy the weed, you know, that worth it, and then I would have 13 free grams. I'd be I'd be rich with weed. And I mean, ultimately, that's why I think all of us are in this industry, is just so that we can smoke weed. I mean, that's how it starts. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. That Hopefully. Is 100% how that's it how starts. it starts with yes. most of the good guys. Yeah. Yeah, if you're, if you're just getting into marijuana to make money, you're like, well, first of all, you're like 40 years too late. <laughs> <laughs> and second of all... It's not, uh, uh-uh. it's it's about a, I think it's a, and this is what we're trying to do with this podcast is like make people that are uneducated and but curious about cannabis in general is break that stereotype because it is like there's a lifestyle to growing it, there's a lifestyle to smoking it, but it's like everything else where there's like just these subcultures. Yeah, no. That that's what i'm all about too honestly is just getting people to like realize that there's a kind of like this like little mini promised land over here that isn't as bad just put it at that what why yeah. isn't it as bad well, just what's the promised land here i mean it's just like it's more chill here you know i mean i mean obviously it's been a little crazy we had a couple riots that were kind of like i didn't even expect us to have those because i was just so like we're, we're, that shit's happening everywhere else we're in our little corner over here you know it's like shit's always happening everywhere else. Yeah. And everyone in Eugene's like, oh shit, well, we're good, you know. Yeah, but there's anarchists that live out in the woods, all over Oregon. That just like to come whenever they can to be like, you wanna, you guys wanna go fuck some shit up. Yeah. So that's gonna. Ha- I don't even think that's Eugene people. Right. Yeah. There's just anarchists everywhere. Because that's that's the thing. Like, I think there are there's some street people there. In Eugene, that that if if you're not aware, you would be like, "This is a rough place," and you're like, "None of these people are dangerous." Here. <laughs> well, I mean, right down the street from exactly where we're recording, there's a little anarchist community house and everything, and you know, those people just like gardening and like get like making food for the local homeless people. Like that's some of the anarchists too. Tell me where I grew up. I grew up there. <laughs> See? It's dope. What was it like growing up there? It was sick. Honestly, all the little kids everywhere. My dad built that treehouse in the in the co-op. It was just like, we lived in a co-op, so everyone had to do a certain amount of garden hours. Everyone had to go to the meeting every time a week, which my dad honestly hated. And we weren't allowed to have like toy guns, which my brother hated. And mm-hmm. I thought it was chill there. I had friends there, were kids, so was, mm-hmm. and I could play basketball up front. And there's other like sports, you know, stuff to play. So it was sick. Yeah, it sounds like the Swiss Family Robinson. It's exactly like that. I watched that movie the other day. So that's <laughs> dope. <laughs> but yeah, it is like that. It's all multicolored houses and stuff like that. So you definitely know what's up. <laughs> so you keep getting drawn back to Eugene, huh? I mean, kind of, I guess. I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of what, when you said, like, that's what you're doing with the whole podcast. I mean, I, I try and get 
people to move here, I guess you could kind of say, which I know a lot of people are like, don't tell people to move here. Keep it, <laughs> keep it low key, like they say in Kauai and stuff. But like, I don't know. I just see my people, I go there and they're just like not having the best opportunity over there. It's like, man, try it out over here. There's a lot more opportunities. Yes, it does seem like if you're pure of heart, Eugene will open its arms to you. Oh, definitely. It doesn't like bullshit, which mm-hmm. I also appreciate. And I do have that, like, I do have that thing when I think about Eugene and I think about, like, well, we are, we're putting it out there that it's really dope. I hope we don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Keep it yeah, sick. that could be a hard part about it. <laughs> which Country Fair, honestly, is a big part of that, too. You almost have to be, go to fair to really get that whole vibe. Like, you kind of be there the whole year and you're like, okay, I kind of feel it, I feel it. And then, like, if you go to fair, you're like, oh, locked, I feel it. Like, for sure you know and this year is kind of weird because i had some friends who moved here this year you know to the promised land this is the this is supposed to be the year and shit's not as chill this year (laughs) and then country (laughs) fairs canceled country fair we should all be going out there right now yep should be up our tents and stuff like that but this year it's canceled i'm sorry guys (laughs) you shouldn't you don't do it it's not you shouldn't made out like that. <laughs> what was country fair like growing up though? <sighs> it was awesome, man. That's what I would always I would make sure my kids go there. And growing up there I just learned a lot about people and the good thing to do in life, I guess, you know? Yeah. It's very much the same feeling as like the co op and stuff like that, where like everybody's uh, out there helping each other have a good fucking time. Yeah, similar. The co-op was more like, I don't know, like I said, my dad kind of didn't want to even be in the meetings and fucking, like, garden hours he would skip out on and fucking they wouldn't let us have toy guns. Like, it was kind of a hassle in that kind of sense. Like, we kind of wanted to live on our own, to be honest. And I just left a commune, so I I don't really want to be in a commune anymore either. So I kind of feel what he was saying. But, like, country fair is dope because it's one party. (laughs) What? You just left a commune? Uh, I guess commune is a way to, like, explain it. But it was a property, 20 people. Were y'all growing? Herb? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm growing herb. I was growing herb. I'm pretty much growing herb wherever. And there, was, uh, there was some people growing a bunch of stuff there. Was, everything was growing there. It's a real for sure farm. So what do you do in cannabis right now? I sell weed to all the dispensaries in Oregon uh, that I can fit in my schedule. <laughs> Um, he's got a very busy schedule well not a very busy schedule I shouldn't say schedule that I can fit in my uh, amount of herb I'm gifted I'm only gifted so much herb each round you know so this time I've only got four pounds this run from King so I got like 25 dispensaries to split up eight half pounds to (laughs) they gotta make sure that they they get it all are they mad oh yeah my inbox is upset (laughs) you gotta leave them hungry leave them wanting more Oh, yeah, they all want more. It's good. It's going good. It's good. We were a lot up from where we were a year ago. I feel, How do you I feel guys... like we did a good job. <laughs> You're the second uh, sales current salesman we've had. Um, so, And I didn't ask this last time, but like, how do you... like What qualities... You're very chill. I would like very much if i had to buy stuff i would be like i want to go hang out with him like i get that part of it but there's got to be more that like there but there's a lot of dudes like us where like we're pretty cool to hang out with um but 
is it because you've been in the business and know these people so well? Is that why Mike was like, yo, can you help? Well, it was actually my cousin that got him to join the team, the King's Cannabis team. But yeah. It was like a really, I guess we met at King's, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, his cousin Thomas has been my good family friend for a few years now. He's been a family friend for many years now, but me and him have been kicking it for the past couple of years, and he gave me the job. It was actually funny because I remember he was mentioning, I was thinking in my head, like, I was like, I want to sell weed to dispensaries. Like, why don't I sell weed to dispensaries? Like, there's a bunch of dispensaries out here. They got to get weed somehow. And then literally Thomas was like, yeah, I got an interview for my new salesman over at King's. I was like, isn't King's a farm weed? And he's like, yeah. I was like, dude. Don't look any further. I'll fucking sell all your weed for you. Like let's <laughs> let's go. That's a good interview. That's a good way to get a job. Is to be like, man, I wanted to get a job doing this, and then your friend being like, hey, I need someone to do that job you were thinking about. Dude, that's happened more than once too. You just gotta manifest what you're really, what really what you're looking for. Exactly. Put I believe that. I. I fucking believe that 100%. Hell yeah. Well, basically, like, you wanted to join Kings and, you know, kind of help out my cousin and sell some herb and shit like that. So what was it like when you first hopped on and started working in the rec market? It was interesting, honestly. It was different. It was kind of hard at first. I almost gave up a couple times. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean... You have to do all these rules. You got to have the paperwork. I got to deal with Fred. <laughs> I got to, I mean, you know, all, honestly, all the, it was like a lot of driving too. And at that point I had just moved out to the Ergo commune out in the middle of Oregon, basically. So like central Oregon. So I thought it'd be kind of cool because I'd be in the middle of everywhere I'm going. But at that point I'm also driving everywhere. Like the farm's an hour away. It was just a lot of driving. I pretty much was going to give up a couple times until uh, Jesse and Thomas, the owners, had just been like, yo, we need help, but come on, someone, you gotta sell us weed, like someone's gotta sell us weed, I was like, I know, fuck, I'm just so lazy, and I'm driving around, and everything, like, cause you gotta really, I mean, you don't just go, show up, and they buy the weed, you know, they're not just like, oh, we're buying weed, like, you gotta show up, mooch them, maybe get, get us, you know, like, really get an appointment with them for the future, if they, like, wanna hang out with you, you know, so you gotta drive all the way to them once, just for nothing, you know, which costs money and time. And then maybe sometimes twice just for nothing because the appointment they don't pick up and they pick up later or something, you know. I mean, multiple times just for nothing. And then eventually they just pick up a quarter pound, you know. Not making much money up just a quarter pound, obviously. So it's a process. It sounds like dating a religious girl. (laughs) How so? Well, you have to... There's a couple dates. You don't get anything. A couple more dates. You just get a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> well it is it does it takes a little bit to actually get in there and get them to even look at it and it's just exactly. because there's such a fucking so many walls up whether that's bureaucracy or whether that is like hey we just don't know who you are right i mean there's only so many shops you can get lucky like it's probably one out of ten shops you walk in they're like oh yeah let's take a look at it right now oh yeah it's just fire let's buy it like that happens probably one out of ten shops maybe even less yeah and then the other shots. Oh, you'd see, I wouldn't have thought that. That's. It just seems like if you have really good weed, any shop would be like, yeah. Well, they, how are they going to know that? You think they're just going to drop everything they're doing right there, just look at your weed? 
Like, like it's so. I would think that. I love yeah, weed. Yeah, I love weed I too. Like, hey, there's another dude with a big bag of weed. Hold on, just a second. I'm gonna. Go <laughs> well, yeah. literally, is just people coming up and hitting them up all the time, being like, "Hey, check out my weed. Look at my weed." There's so many different people. Like, I'd be in line sometimes and behind three different people just to get told that they're not looking at my weed. Depending on. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it does sound like it's like a Southern Baptist girl. (laughs) Wait, three dudes in line ahead of you? Is that? (laughs) Yeah, and then no one gets anything. No one gets anything. (laughs) Oh gosh! One dude has to sign away like his commit. He's like he can only sell to her forever. No, yeah, but from there, pretty much, I had to like find out which shops we're gonna buy consistently. Because even if a shop buys right away, they might not buy continuously you know i mean i mark them down as a, as a solid sealed account that i can work with from then on out but that doesn't mean they're going to want to buy everything every week you know you want to find the people who are just like your stuff's fire we're going to take it every week i don't care what you're dropping i just want your stuff and, and then sometimes they just close too right what do you mean like dispensaries just close closed they just close no, we we haven't really had a lot of dispensaries going out of business around here uh, at this time. You know, it's it's hard to get a license right now. Like, so you most of these places are pretty well established and have been here now for a while. In the very beginning days of the rec market, you know, there was a lot who would like just open up, sell a bunch of weed, and then close down type of thing. So, huh, and so. The glass thing was just something you were doing on the side. Yeah, you it's, were just... it's totally my side job. Like I said, it's just in the past couple of weeks gotten intense. So I'm trying to like make my meetings you know, on different days than my king's meetings are, you know, and trying to like do all... Because like, the thing with the fucking gallery is I'm always on the Instagram. Like you said, everything's on Instagram. So and I'm kind of like running that shit for now to try and get us going. And it's a lot of work. Like right now, it's probably like what? It's probably like evening time. Like I should probably be posting right now. Like this is a time when everyone wants to be looking at the heady piece on Instagram, but I'm busy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry we're fucking your shit. No, up, no, dude. dude. I wouldn't. I mean, if I was at home, I want to be hanging out with a lady, not on my phone. You know, it's always like shit. But so then you're no, just hustling we will, across all boards. Then the glass. Just everything in life. Like, it seems like you're just kind of like a hustler. Like, you know, whether it's having to post online or if it's, you know, trying to get into dispensaries, whether or not they're about it, you know, it just seems like you're you're, you're good with that lifestyle. Oh, I would say hustler kind of makes pertains that you're hustling for cash, which I would say I'm not doing that for either of those things, really. I mean, the, the glass gallery is not for cash it's more just to show off our art and get other people into the art and make friends and you know you never know what connections you're going to make along the way that might make you cash in different ways you know there's no real reason to trip over a couple hundred bucks over a glass piece you know we're just trying to get the glass to the people just like we're trying to get the weed to the people which at king's cannabis it's totally been the same thing pretty much up until lately i started making some money but i wasn't making much money the whole first year nothing compared to money i've made in the past so i just kind of like read it out you know Hell yeah. No, and I understand your glass problem, and I have to stay away. I have a lot of glass.
Okay, I just want to say coming right out of the gate, right out of the gate, I've never, it just blows my mind he smokes tobacco out of a bong. Like, I just can't. Oh, yeah. I can't. I, no, not oh, yeah. I grew up in the South where tobacco was like, it was like part of salad. It's just part of the <laughs> culture in the South where it's like, and I've never heard of anyone doing that. Well, I mean, honestly, that's what bongs were made for. They were water that's pipes. Why I know for tobacco. That's why you couldn't say bongs. You had to say tobacco water pipes to buy a bong in any head shop in the South. And the fact that no one ever did that <laughs> until like until I'm fucking ten episodes deep of a fucking weed podcast I did in when in my late thirties. That's when I hear somebody be like, so smoking tobacco out of a bong and my head explode that my head exploded when he said that. I was like, Man, I think I just he's fucking with me. That's And I mean like you do get hallucinogenic. If it's like good tobacco, it will make you hallucinate. So like I have a deep dark fantasy that all the head shop dudes we're like trying to educate people and would just get heartbroken every time people would say bongs. And he's <laughs> like, no, you don't understand, man. You got to smoke tobacco in there. <laughs> That's a great, I like that a lot. That's great. But I did think of like when I went to the Middle East yeah. in Dubai, I went and got hookah and it was tobacco. And I was like, I was flying good. Yeah, they put it like, was like fruit it was in like it was like it. Yes, first of all, it tasted wonderful. It was very fancy and elaborate, and it was like an experience. And then it was like the best tobacco. That's what it was. It felt like smoking like the best tasting cigarette, and then you get that buzz for a long time. Well, I mean, there's, like, when I first moved here, there would be, like, hippie chicks who would roll their own cigarettes with the American Spirit tobacco, but then put in, like, fucking lavender and chamomile and, like, different fucking spices and shit in there to smoke. and Whatever I, fell out of their hair. Yeah. Yes, I understand. It was fucking delicious. It was good, though. That does sound great. Right? But, yeah, if yeah. you get, like, I think I... I referenced it but my buddy puffin he grew like some indigenous people seed tobacco and grew a huge fucking plant in his backyard of it and then (laughs) (laughs) dried the leaves smoked it and he stopped being able to smell for a week after that like he like hallucinated shot off in another world and then he came back and he just couldn't smell for a week and this was pre-covid so it was just tobacco, but, like, we, like, fucked them up. That's why I'm like, man, maybe the Native Americans were on some shit we didn't even know. Yeah, they were for sure. <laughs> they, mean, they feels like they had most of it figured out, and then we were like, fuck you. And they were like, no, just chill out. They're like, pew, 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 pew. They're like just come on. Guys are ruining this. Uh, anyway, we'll so, get back to it once all the computers crash. It'll be cool. 
But yeah, Isaiah's a great dude, and he just fucking kills it with sales for us. So, I mean, it's... I don't want to say it's an easy job, but he has the most fun I think a human being could have in that job. Like, I mean, honestly, we have... Good. Good. We have sales meetings. You should go to someone deserving like that. Right? We have sales meetings on Monday morning, and it's just multiple baseball bats in the office, and everybody just hanging out, talking about what they enjoyed with it, and he gives us good customer feedback, too, about what strains we should have popping off next, and helps in the planning of all that stuff, so. Hell yeah. I didn't even think of that angle, too. Like, he's brilliant about it. Like, he's like, you should do this shit. And you're like, you know what? You're right, Eugene of a person. (laughs) But, yeah, you definitely want that type of person. Because, I mean, ultimately, most everyday smokers can't afford our weed. And, you know, there's people who are strain chasers who will go out and get strains as soon as they pop off and who are going to the more high-end cannabis. And that's all they'll consume and they'll just be like, hey, did you check out this? Did you see this new strain that came out? What do you think about this farm? And it's really the high-end connoisseurs like him who are our biggest customers. It's the people cool. It's the people buying $3,500 glass pieces to smoke King's Cannabis stuff out of it. No, I want to hang out with him all the time. Like, he's the coolest. And like I was like I was like I could physically feel how like the jealousy I could feel it when he just passed you that baseball bat in the beginning. Uh, I was like, I mm, everyone wear a mask, god damn it, so <laughs> we can do this. But uh, everyone knows where to find you on the internet. It will be in the little thing. The details part, it says Mike, and you just click on that, and Mike is not going to say what it is. You'll, it'll just take I you there. I don't want to uh, say it anymore. Yeah. I'm done. I don't, don't want to do learned it. Your, you learned your lesson. It worked. No, no, this um, is me choosing it, not you. You can you can find me at Billy Wayne Davis. You can find the podcast at Grown Local on Twitter if it's unsuspended. I don't know what's happening with that. And also on Instagram, Grown Local. And if you have any questions or any ideas for the Patreon, just shoot us an email at grownlocalpod at gmail.com. Grownlocalpod at gmail.com. Uh, we may be behind on some of the emails, and if we don't get back to you, that means we're probably just going to do a mailbag with you. And if we haven't got back to you this week, it's because we've been busy, so why don't you just fucking chill out. Uh, also, thank you guys for listening. We love doing this. We love hearing from you. Um, grow your own. Love you guys. Smoke it up. Bye. Bye.